0: Martin banks it off. Sutter is up with it there. Right around in front.
1: Live. In the entertainment capital of the world.
2: Leading goal scorer on the team. Drew one in it. It's the T.C. Martin
3: Show. A tie game on the power play. Hodgson was at the front of the net. Time
1: to get your daily prescription from the doctor. A
0: power play goal by the captain TC Martin. It's brushed on back by
3: Richard Funcher and right up front. Gallagher Bennett side of the net. Scores!
0: The doctor is now in. Here we go. Glad to have you here on a wild Wednesday edition of the TC Martin Show. Vgk Frank, you know I alternate every day depending on what's happening in the world of sports. Today's VGK Frank, because we're getting ready for the Golden Knights regular season finale against the San Jose Sharks. So VGK Frank, what's going on? Now Is Pete DeBoer
2: still VGK Pete, or is he still SJS Pete? Because, I mean, he was the coach of San Jose as well, so, you know, but I I think he's probably VGK Pete. Who's delivering his paychecks? Uh, as far as I know, it's the uh,
0: Vegas Golden Age. There you go. So he's VGK uh, Pete. And, uh, though
2: ironically, if he wouldn't have taken the job with Vegas, I think San Jose still would have had to be paying him. <laughs> this
0: is true. This is true. Would he still be residing over there in Santa Clara County, though? That's the question. Yeah, he probably likes his paycheck here even more when he can throw in the no state income tax and that sort of stuff. You know, we've talked about this before. About, we know athletes resonate with fans. And coaches do, too, especially if you are a coach that's either iconic or you're media-friendly. I still don't believe that fans have embraced Pete DeBoer. Oh,
2: some of them never will. I I have one friend who has told me flat out, if they win the Stanley Cup, he will still (laughs) chant, not my
0: coach. Yeah. And with (laughs) Gerard Gallant, he wasn't one of those guys that was – Really extroverted or came out you know, again, he was he had that kind of dry sense of humor, but he was an he was an old time tough hockey yeah, player. But he was a he nice guy. He was blue collar and super too. nice guy. And you know, we did a lot of, of stuff with it with him and having him on and that sort of thing, but I think he he didn't resonate really with the fans, but they said, hey, he's our coach. He came across genuine. He came across as a nice guy. See, I I think I'm going to disagree slightly. I think he did resonate with the fans.
2: I think the fans loved him. How do you not love a guy that's Turk? Because when he was a little kid, he used to literally chase the wild turkeys in his uncle's basement or whatever. I mean, he was a colorful, kind of crazy character. And every time they say, wow, that was a pretty physical game tonight, he would always laugh and go, physical? Do you guys realize the era I played in? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody was carried off the ice on a stretcher. It wasn't that bad. <laughs> yeah,
0: you no, know, no, I agree. I agree with you. And again, and I'm just saying that in comparison to DeBoer, and you know, so that's that's where I'm going with that. But again, I, I love Gerard Gallatin. and I thought that he would have some witty one-liners and he'd be sarcastic, you know, with the media. Uh, but he, but again, he was genuine. He was just a good guy. I mean, you ask him to come on, he came on. Uh, DeBoer just—he's one of those guys that just has that that sour face and tone sometimes and and again maybe it was because he was with the sharks maybe he knew he was replacing a guy that people genuinely liked and it was it was a tough situation but you need the personality to come in and squash that and flip it in your favor and just, you don't ignore it you don't be sour about it you just come in and and try to make the best that you possibly can I I don't know. It, I know some guys don't care. Maybe it's just not in their personality DNA to have fans like them. But uh, there are so many coaches out there that are just either introverted or they just don't know how to communicate, you know, in the public. And that's why we, we've talked about this before. With press conferences, you see a lot of coaches that aren't very good at it. And you would think that that would kind of be one of the prerequisites, you know, when you're making that hire because you are have to be in, in front of the fans, and the media on a daily basis. Some some coaches, I think, and I think they're the rare
2: exception, but I think some actually kind of like the fact that they can be abrasive to their fans. Like John Tortorella. Tortorella doesn't care what he says about anybody, and he calls out players. He calls out fans. He calls out media. He calls right. out his assistant coaches. You know, I mean, some coaches, they just are who they are. Gerard Gallant was one of those guys. He was a nice guy, you know. But he always had the same standard lines in that, too. Who's playing goal tonight? I'll find out when I talk to my goalie coach. You know, I mean, it's like he, he, he basically said, I have other people making those decisions. I'll get their input. Well, what did the players say in the locker room? I don't go in the locker room. That's their domain. And he didn't. He literally, for those that always thought that that was just coach speech or something that he would say, he wasn't in the locker room. He said, that's where they do their stuff. I do my stuff on the ice and in my office and that sort of thing there. I think Pete DeBoer is definitely – Pete DeBoer makes no bones about it. Who's playing that? Are we going to do this every game? It is his decision. He's not asking anybody else's opinion. He might ask a little bit of insight. What do you think about this, that, or the other? But it's going to be his decision. Gerard Glant had no problem saying, I don't know. Well, what are you doing on the power play? Well, we have this coach working on that. We have this coach working on the penalty kill. We have this. He dictated the other things, and he trusted the people around him and that maybe to his own detriment a little bit because maybe he wasn't quite hands-on enough and quite enough of a take-charge kind of guy because he did trust everybody else out there. Turk basically didn't have a doghouse. A lot of coaches have doghouses. Now, there kind of was a little bit. You know, here and there are certain players that didn't fit in, and you could tell that he wasn't really crazy about them being there, like Tatar, he never fit in under Turk's system and everything. And now he's flourished, and he certainly flourished before he came in with Detroit. But, you know, his way of, well, you know, if you made a mistake, eh, keep your head up and go out the next shift and try to amend for it and make up for it or whatever. Whereas Pete DeBoer holds people maybe a little bit more accountable in some respects. So Turk was what I would call more a player's coach. Unless you did get on his bad side, then it was maybe harder to get on his good side. But Pete DeBoer is definitely a hands-on kind of guy. And I think Pete DeBoer respects the fans in that. But I think when it all comes down, the bottom line is his idea is I know way more about hockey than if you do, so shut up and let me do my job and I'm trying to win hockey games. If we win a Stanley Cup, I'm keeping my job. If we don't, then then anything's a possibility. You never know in this crazy game. That's why I'm making the decisions because as long as I win, nobody
0: can do too much about it. Mm -hmm. Vegas Golden Knights go against Pete DeBoer's old team tonight, the San Jose Sharks, the regular season finale. And they'll face it off a little bit after 6 p.m. tonight. And while that is going on, kind of have a a feeling just, you know, like with with the NFL, with these type of games where they're starting both of these games at the same time they don't want anybody to find out you know who's going to get ahead or whatever so they're both going to face off a little bit after six o'clock kind of like world cup style with what they do uh, in soccer and the major tournaments as well too so six o'clock tonight the game in san jose at stake playoff seating best record president's trophy and of course that battle between the golden knights and the colorado avalanche and like we talked about yesterday uh, the colorado avalanche got a huge victory of the golden knights two nights ago here T-Mobile Arena with that 2-1 victory. So now Colorado will take on the LA Kings for two games. They'll host both of those games while the Golden Knights finish their regular season slate tonight against the Sharks. The situation, Golden Knights lead by two points over Colorado. Golden Knights need to win to get that top seed. And hoping that the Kings can knock off Colorado at least one of these two games.
2: Yeah, and again, and now whether they if they knock them off in regulation or overtime, it would still be a, even an overtime loss would still be a loss for them. They'd get the point, right. but Vegas could still win by virtue of because they can get 82 points. The max that Colorado can get is 82 points. However, as we talked about yesterday, because Colorado has won more regulation games this year, if you look at the standings, you're going to go, well, wait a second. If it goes by wins. Vegas has more wins. They don't have more regulation wins because, and that's one of the crazy things about the tiebreaker in hockey in the NHL, wins isn't just enough. And I'll tell you what, it's hard when you even Google it and try to find it in that, it's hard to find sites that actually show you the regulation wins. Right. They show you overtime losses. They show you shootout losses. They show you everything. But they don't want to show you regulation wins, which is crazy to me since that is the number one tiebreaker decider.
0: Yeah. You know, with all sports, though, you really don't have those tiebreakers in your daily standings. You, you know, the, But like at this the time teams, of year, you normally do. Well, no, here's an example. Like, say, we'll just take Major League Baseball, for example. And it's coming down to the last day of the season, and you have two teams tied at the top of their division. They'll tell you what, you know, the winning streaks, what they've done in their last 10, what they've done maybe against the division. And we see that in the football uh, standings daily as well, too. But you, you don't see head-to-head competition. There's not a co- there's not a column for that, so you have to dig deep to find all that out. Because when it comes down to say there's a tie last game of the season, you really you you don't know that. I mean, you have to do okay, okay. Let's you know the the Astros and the A's. Okay, who won the the regular season series? We don't know that until you really dig deep. And I think that's kind of the same situation with regulation wins. But then again, it's more of a common entity that you know. In baseball, in football, who won the head-to-head competition, or who won the series, and even the NBA, they'll they'll talk about that. May not be printed, you know, the daily standings, but at least you know. With NHL, to your point, it's like regular season. We don't even know that that was even a, a tie-breaking category. Period. Let alone the main one. Well, and and it, and it has been for a long time. And again, I'm just going to slightly disagree with you because w-
2: it, it it say the NFL mm-hmm. when it comes down to the last week, it always says. Playoff scenarios. This team goes, if this team wins, this one ties or wins, blah, blah, blah. It shows
0: you all the stuff. Yeah, but I'm it, just it, saying not in the daily, the no, regular No, 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 not in the daily, yeah. but at
2: this time of year. Even in, uh, when you look right now in, in the coverage, NHL, yeah. it still doesn't say that. Right. You have to really dig for it right. and find it. Does it go back to this, this league that we're
0: always talking well, about? I think it's the league, and I think it
2: also shows how, you know what? I mean, let's be honest. A lot of people go to ESPN as one of the go-to places. You know, ESPN.com, everything else. Because they don't show the games anymore, and they're not ABC games, they don't seem to cover it as well. ESPN definitely has a way of, you know, UFC and MMA kind of didn't exist until they started showing them. They'll skew it. Oh, now now here's the weigh-ins, now here's this and that. Boxing too. Oh, the top ten plays. How many times do we see La Liga and everything else in top ten plays? Now that they show a lot more soccer. So they do skew things their ways a little bit. So there is definitely a bias that way. In hockey, at this time, I it, it absolutely blows me away that it'll say clinch the division or not clinch the division, this, that, and the other, but then it doesn't tell. How hard would it be to say if Colorado wins both games, they go to the playoffs at Vegas? I mean, it, it's not that difficult, but they still don't say it even now. So, you got to dig and go, or else you got to go to Twitter or something else and find somebody from Sinbin or Jesse Granger from The Athletic or whoever. NHL.com. And, and, yeah, or NHL. Something. And, yeah. And, yeah. and even there, it's difficult to find <laughs> in some respects. It's just, I, I don't get it.
0: It's not that difficult, but they make it difficult. They do. And again, this is one of the reasons why they are the fourth league of, of the top four. You know, they they are. And it's a pretty distant fourth. Big time. I, as much as big I time. love hockey, right. and in honesty, right. it's a distant fourth. It is. And it, it always has been. And a lot of it has to do with this is not an American sport. You've got, you know, almost half of your teams are from Canada. You know, not that many, but you know what I'm saying? The the prevalent uh, ones and the fan bases. Well, look,
2: look at the are, Hall of are, Fame. Like the, the first 50 years of the Hall of Fame, yeah. there's like two or three Americans there. Right. Everybody else is Canadian. Right,
0: right. And, and again, it has not had the greatest national television coverage in the United States. And, you know, to your point about ESPN, yeah, they do it with UFC, they do it with boxing because when they signed the top-ranked deal, all of a sudden now they're really you know know, showing us all of those things, the -the behind-the-scenes stuff, which they never would have uh, done before. They would send their reporters, like Dan Raphael, who's no longer with them now, would send them to the major fights. But now, again, it's part of the regular rotation. So... You know, next year, hopefully, with that theory, with ESPN back involved and in, you know showcasing a majority of the games with Stanley Cup Finals with them in the ABC, uh, the parent company, maybe we will get better coverage.
2: Well, and remember this, you know, when when ABC and ESPN did show more of the games and they were more a part of it, Barrys Beecher was on Sports Center every night. They had their own little setup. They talked to Barry Melrose. He went over who the top teams were, the other teams, the sleepers, this, that, and the other. They spent a whole segment on it. Now you might – if there's a great save or an unbelievable goal, they'll show it, but they don't dive into hockey. It's somebody else's product. You know, when I'm watching top ten plays – I always feel like I'm more likely to see a spike ball or Frisbee golf highlight or something than I do an NHL highlight. It drives me crazy half the time, but it's the reality of it. And I get it from a certain standpoint, but I also don't get it when they go like, hey, our equipment's better than yours, and if if it happens around the globe, we'll find it. If it's something you cover, you'll find it. The other stuff you might find and go, yeah, it's still not going to
0: make it. (laughs) All right, so Marc-Andre Fleury scheduled to be – in gold tonight. If you're going by the rotation, which we know that we're going to see that. So I guess the big question is what's going to happen Sunday? Playoffs are set to begin Sunday. Uh, nothing is official yet, but uh, we believe the Golden Knights will be playing Sunday and Tuesday at home at T Mobile Arena. So I think that is going to be the big question. But they got to take care of the business that's in front of them tonight. Golden Knights are a 220 favorite to beat San Jose tonight. You know where I stand on this. I think hey, San Jose's mailed it in. I think the Kings have mailed it in. They're playing both of these teams are playing a lot of young talent. Uh the Golden Knights seemed very distraught the way they left the ice the other night. Um we we heard uh, how they felt in the locker room. We saw them come out, you know, for the end of the season kind of salute the fans, you know, the the 70, you know, 500 that were in attendance there. Uh lackluster ceremony and we've you know, been there in years past where it's you know been fantastic, uh, staying ovations, giving away jerseys, doing all that kind of stuff. I'm also they, not sure they were, they were embarrassed. The, I'm also out.
2: not sure that all the fans knew that that was going on after I, that game. I think you're I, right. I don't think they made a, I don't think they did a very good job of announcing it in that. Right, and maybe it's because game day Bruce was on in personal things and it kind of slipped through the cracks a little bit or something. But when they came out, it seemed like because we were there. And the majority of fans had already left or were on their way out. When they came back on the ice, people were kind of looking like, well, what's this all about or whatever? So I'm not really sure. And I don't remember announcements during the game saying, don't forget after the game, it is fan appreciation night. Stick around for the player's final trip on the ice or something like that. So, you know, and and again, I I don't know what all the – protocols and what exactly happened and i know it was a crazy year with covid and the limited fan base and that and you know is there fan appreciation for a team that couldn't have fans at all and then had 20 percent, and then at 25 you know all the stuff that went on but when the players went out there it's like they were expecting more fans and i think if more fans would have known that that was happening after the game there would have been more fans
0: i think uh, i guarantee you i didn't see any I don't recall any, I should say that, because, you know, we get the press releases. I don't recall seeing anything like that. There was no, um, I don't know if there were emails to season ticket holders, because that should be well in advance. Hey, uh, season ticket holders, hey, fans, uh, we're going to appreciate you tonight. You're going to get in, you know, again, didn't go through the turnstiles, but, you know, I, I haven't seen any giveaways. They don't do any of that kind of stuff, which would traditionally they would do. But on a night like that, where you are, you know, letting in basically 50% capacity, you have, you know, over 7,500 fans, you would think there would be some sort of that. If you don't want to do, you know, uh, giveaways or give the fans something, at least let them know what's going on as the final regular season home game. Or maybe they just blew it off altogether and said, you know what? These same people are going to be here for the playoffs anyway. So, right. But, but they're I, not going to do a fan
2: appreciation yeah, yeah, during the playoffs. I know. That you, yeah. that your season could end on the road. So you don't know when that yeah. last home game is going to be. Yeah. Unless it's Game 7 of the Stanley Cup I, I think Final. They, I
0: think they really just blew it off, forgot about it, and they said, oh, you know what, well, we should do this. Maybe it caught them last minute. But again, didn't see any press releases, emails out to season ticket holders. I think they just kind of dropped the ball on it.
2: And, and I think there's a lot of that going on because everybody is reacclimating themselves and getting used to the world. Friday night when I was at the Aviators game, you know, I looked at my friends that I was out there with and I said, Wonder if they're doing fireworks after the game because Friday night's always fireworks game. There was no announcement. There's nothing on the schedule saying it. We're leaving the ballpark. They had fireworks. Wow. But I don't think most people knew. A lot of people had already left because it was getting later. You know, it's a three and a half hour game or whatever, like baseball games are. And almost all those games with the River Cats were high scoring games on both sides or whatever. We're walking out, and all of a sudden you see people kind of starting to hurry to try to get out of the thing where the walls are in it to see the fireworks that they're shooting out over the center field wall. But I don't think most people realize that there was going to be fireworks because it wasn't on the schedule. It wasn't on the promotional calendar. And I don't remember them making one announcement during the game that night. Now, they might have, and maybe I wasn't cognizant because I was being a smart ass with my friends, saying the kind of stuff that I do or whatever just all the time. But most people walking out were like, wait, what's that? You see the first one go off, and they go, fireworks! And then then you see kind of, like I say, people scurrying to the exit or staying and backing up back towards their seat again where they can see them again. But, you know, I knew that Friday was always fireworks game at the Stars games, the 51s games, and the Aviators games. But I didn't know if they were. Well, they were
0: this game, so I'm assuming it's going to be that way throughout the season. I don't think you missed anything, uh, because again, you're pretty, I'm not a fireworks guy. You're not a fireworks guy, but I'm saying you're pretty cognizant about you know hearing the uh, you know the announcements and you know whatever the PA announcer. I hear is the screw ups a lot. You hear the screw ups. That's where I was going to go with. <laughs> going back to. You know, um, you know the game the other night, like at, when at Donsky T-Mobile. got a
2: penalty, yeah. and the guy's name is Donskoy, and he's right. only been in the league forever. Right, 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 right. Again. And, and 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 Grubauer right. was the number three star, and, even though it's Grubauer who's and, got
0: a Stanley Cup with the Washington Capitals, and not noticing, you know, that uh, hey, they didn't announce, uh, you know, the penalty or the goal score or that sort of thing. So you you pay attention. The First Colorado game, uh, yeah. the first
2: Colorado score was not announced. Yeah, you, we're looking on our phones. Like, who, I think we know who got. Oh yeah,
0: it is Burakowski. It, okay, yeah, yeah, fine. Yeah. Didn't Hear that one, did we? Might have been nice to hear that. Yeah, see, there you go. But uh, that's what happens. You know, you gotta throw subs in there. You know, you gotta throw a relief pitcher in there every it, now and then. You know,
2: then. it's like the old John Lennon song just like starting over. Yeah. After the pandemic, everybody's starting over again. Yeah.
0: And our, our guy, Bruce Kusick, w- was, was not there. He's, he's, he's back in Minnesota for uh, some time. So I believe they brought in the PA announcer that does the Silver Knights games, right? Yeah, that's, so, what, that's what I so was told. Brought, yeah. yeah, yeah. So he's trying, he'll get there. No problem. All right, so uh, look forward to tonight's game. Golden Knights win tonight? Handily? I'm saying handily. I don't know about handily because, I, I, again. It's hard to predict any hockey game handily, though. You, you just don't see I a mean, lot I, of these I, blowouts. I, I,
2: I think they very well could. If they get the first goal or especially if they get up two, I think all of a sudden San Jose maybe then does completely mail it in. Hmm. But I really think the Sharks players would love to send a bore out on this season with a loss to end the season. And again, because they have a young goaltender for San Jose with a team that hasn't had good good goaltending for quite some time since Martin Jones was good, and he hasn't been good for a long time, I think that this is a chance for this guy to say, look, I want a good impression to try to make the team and be one of maybe the top goalie for them next year because there's an opening in San Jose for a quality goaltender. So, you know, you run into a hot goalie, you don't know what could happen. I'm not going to say he's going to be group hour good from that last game with Colorado, but um, you know, he he could have a good game or could get lit up like a pinball
0: machine. All right. All right. Looking forward to uh, tonight's game: uh, Golden Knights and San Jose, six o'clock. And we've got to keep an eye on the scoreboard as well, too. Or if uh, you can flip channels and try to find the Avalanche and the Kings will be going at the same time. So big playoff implications uh, for both of these. Teams in those games, etc. All right, so big day today, NFL schedule release. So, you know, the NFL has done this the last few years where they make a big production out of it and get to unveil the schedule tonight at five o'clock Pacific time. That's what they're going to do. But, like these things tend to happen, stuff leaks out quite a bit. And so, at least we've got. Um, some information already. And we know what is going to happen opening night. We have the week one schedule. Everything will get announced tonight with the other you know, key games uh, tonight at, at 5 o'clock. Our friend T.J. Reeves from Tampa Bay, the Bucs sideline reporter, he will join us next hour. We'll get his thoughts. I know he's very, very happy because opening night will be Thursday, September 9th with the traditional Thursday night football, usually the... Uh, not usually, basically always since they've been doing this past 16 seasons, the uh, Super Bowl champion will be uh, playing and hosting, and that will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers against the Dallas Cowboys. A lot of times they will go with a conference rematch or a Super Bowl rematch on opening night. So the way the schedule points out, I think they looked at, okay, here are Tampa Bay's opponents. Mm, Most attractive is... Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott got his new contract. Of course, it's the Cowboys, quote unquote America's team, Jerry Jones, Controversy, Ezekiel Elliott. Okay, let's go with this. So that's the game that we are going to have as the opener to kick off the 2021 season. Dallas Cowboys at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The first time that Tampa Bay has been in this showcase game since 2003. Of course, they won it in 2002. So there you have it. They're they're pacing
2: themselves. They kind of spread it (laughs) out a little bit so they're not there every year doing the first game. But, no, it's kind of interesting, too, because in in one respect, it's like you have America's team that Americans either love or hate in the Cowboys. You kind of have America's quarterback with Tom Brady where people either love him or hate him. So, you know, you have that. It's like I'm curious and I'm kind of wondering what will the fan base be on? Who will people be cheering for? I know in Vegas they'll be cheering for – whatever team they have their money on. Right, right. But but overall, it's like, you know, who is the – is there a fan pick in that game? Because a lot of people like Brady, but a lot of people really,
0: really can't stand if, him. If you are just the average, typical fan, yeah, you're right. You probably don't. Don't have a horse in this race you know. And you're you're again, hoping for the first tie of the season. Yeah, I mean, you may have some horses on both sides that have steroid issues. And, you know, know. that's that's what you think about Just this Just don't one. go to Belgo yeah. and use the cream. There you go. <laughs> so week one, that will be the Thursday night game, kicking off at 520. Buccaneers hosting the Cowboys. The rest of the, the games coming up on Sunday. Got some pretty good ones. The Steelers and the Bills will, will square off. How about this one? It's so funny how the NFL does these things. The Jets taking on the Panthers. The Sam Darnold game there. Can't you just see how this thing's going to shake out here? That Darnold's going to throw three or four touchdown passes, probably have over 300 yards. Jets fans are going to start the BYU quarterback, Zach Wilson, and then the Jets fans are going to be screaming for this guy's head, probably throw two or three picks. McCaffrey's probably going to have a big day for the Panthers. I can just see that happening right now. Is now, that, is Zach Wilson
2: younger than Darnold? Because he is a BYU quarterback. Yeah, very good.
0: <laughs> very good. <laughs> and again, you know, one's uh, from USC, <laughs> one's from BYU. So you throw age academics into there. No, USC's a fine school. Let's, uh, let's remember that. Okay, and uh, the Packers taking on the Saints. Now, I heard her interview with uh, the vice president of, of uh, broadcasting uh, for the NFL. And they said that, you know, they weren't quite sure what to do with the Packers. Because if Aaron Rodgers is not quarterback in the Packers, they may skew them back in some of these primetime games. Their schedule and could be in jeopardy. It could be in jeopardy. Very nice. Look <laughs> this. Greg Kinban scores again. Um, the Packers and the Saints will have the 125 game on Fox on that uh, opening Sunday. That looks good. All right. And. Uh, The Sunday night football game? You're going to love this, Frank. Your Chicago Bears will be the first game with fans at SoFi Stadium uh, taking on the Rams.
3: Go Bears!
0: You like that one? You want to go to the game? I'd love to go to a Bears game again. It's been a long time since I've seen a Bears game. You go to a Bears game in a visiting stadium? Are you okay with that? I've done it before. Yeah. And the thing is, there'll be so many Bears fans. We should go. We should go road trip. Do it. It sounds got, good to me. Got to a couple of bears. I mean, the Bears' home stadium might not be Soldier Field for that much longer. Yeah, I know we heard about that too. All right, and so Week One Monday Night Football. What's the game? It is the Baltimore Ravens against the Las Vegas Raiders. There it is. There it is. The Raiders. So Monday Night Football how- in, in, in in Vegas. In Vegas. There you go. At Allegiant Stadium. So how about that? And you knew that this was going to happen because remember they were going to have the big pomp and circumstance last year uh, against the Saints Monday Night Football, but then with COVID and everything, everything was just you know, got kind of squashed. Uh, all the cele- uh, celebration and everything. So now one year later, here it comes. Sixty-five thousand fans anticipated to be at Allegiant Stadium. You're going to get Lamar Jackson. You're going to get uh, John Harbaugh as coach. You're going to be getting the Baltimore Ravens here in Vegas against the Raiders. That should be exciting. Should be electric. Oh, what about fans? Uh, whether you're a Ravens fan or you're a Raider fan, and you're coming in, you come in for a long weekend of partying. You got all a full day of tailgating. Boy, that car, that crowd's gonna be pretty tank come Monday night uh, kickoff at five twenty-five p.m.
2: They might come in early enough for the Thursday night game and right. seeing that game, and then just stay here for the full weekend. Right. And you're you're also be um, enjoying the first regular season game in Allegiant Stadium with Mark
0: Davis. Exactly. It'll be his first game as well. Exactly. Mark talked about that yesterday when we were at the stadium for the press conference, and he said, "Hey, I you know haven't been still in a lot of parts of this stadium." And I told you the press conference yesterday for the Aces was you know in one of those suites. And he goes, yeah, he goes, I, I, I stuck to my gun, said I'm, I, didn't, I have not been here for a Raiders game. So he goes, I'm still getting acclimated to this stadium as well, too. But, uh, yeah, everyone's looking forward to it. And uh, hopefully everything goes as well. Right now, the anticipation is to have 65,000 fans there with all the protocols. So that's coming up, you uh, know, the what uh, second weekend in September. So looking forward to that. Monday Night Football, that is the game Ravens and the Raiders. Are Raider fans
2: uh, going to try to petition and try to get Harbaugh to have his brother coach that game instead? <laughs>
0: Probably give him a better shot. <laughs> really? Not a lot of success recently <laughs> in the playoffs uh, for that Harbaugh, right? Alright, a uh, lot to cover today, so we'll dive into that with uh, T.J. Reeves a little bit later on, talk about the Bucks. talk about the NFL schedule. It'll officially be announced tonight, so of course we will have a lot of, of more feedback on that tomorrow. Uh, we'll dive in with our Raiders uh, guests and who cover the Raiders as well here uh, in Vegas uh, tomorrow. So we'll look at all of that. Uh, so we've got that happening uh, today. And also, coming up next, Bill Lambeer is going to join us. As you know, we had Nikki uh, Vargas on yesterday, the newly appointed president of the Las Vegas Aces. As Bill Lambeer relinquished his presidential duties of the team, now concentrating solely on head coaching the Las Vegas Aces, it is opening Day Coming up Saturday, the Aces are on the road in Seattle against the defending champions. So we'll talk to the head coach when we come back. Hi, this is Bill Ambeer, and you're listening to the T.C. Martin Show. All right, the season is upon us. The Las Vegas Aces in action Saturday on the road against the defending champ, the Seattle Storm. Actually, a rematch of last year's WNBA finals that took place in the Wubble in Florida. But uh, we got home courts back in play here, training camp underway for the Aces, and uh, we are ready to roll. And join us now, the head coach, Bill Lambeer. Bill, what's going on, my friend?
3: Not a lot. No, <laughs> actually have a day off today, which, whoo there's a, a change.
0: I know, see? You you love your days off. And then uh, you do a little media with us on your day off?
3: I appreciate that. There we that. go. <laughs> I, I
0: appreciate that. There you go. You're calm, cool, relaxed. And, you know, knowing you, you probably found a pool somewhere, though, too, right?
3: But no, it's against
0: quarantine. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Can't even go in your own water, you know? But, no. Uh, nope. Unbelievable. All right, so... We had uh, Nikki Fargus on yesterday as she was announced a president. You held, mm-hmm. the, you held the dual roles of president and head coach since the team arrived here in Vegas nearly four years ago. Bill, talk mm-hmm. to us about how this process unfolded and what was behind the decision-making for you that you wanted to be solely the coach.
3: Well, you know, when I came here, I was on a timetable of, you know, two to three years um to get this franchise set up to get it where I think I thought it needed to be and make a run at, you know, competing for uh, you know, the championship. Um and then a lot of other crap got in the way. Uh and it it just it was it was so consuming and it just wore me down so badly. Um because i I can't turn it off. I always had to think basketball or, or think my job. Uh, And in the offseason, I just wanted to relax and not have to worry about all kinds of stuff. So when this was going down, I made it very clear to Mark that I did not want to be the president going forward. Uh, I just just wanted to start my process of exiting into sunset. Uh, And that I felt an obligation to the players to continue to try to make this happen for them. But as far as going in a... Whatever direction this organization was going to go in under new leadership, I didn't have the energy to do that. Uh, I just in, in no way, shape or form, did I have the energy. And I tell very very clear from day one, I'm not going to do it. Uh, and I would prefer just to be a basketball coach right now with the thought process that it's also going to go away in a relatively short period of time. So, what? So, point... oh, asking in a nutshell, that kind of describes
0: it. Yeah. At what point did you make that decision? Was this like after last season ended, or did you need some time to really think about it before you you you, you know you talked to to Mark? Because obviously, at the end of the season, you know the MGM were, were still the owners. It, what, what time? Yeah, I,
3: they were still the owners, but it was a working process. So, gotcha. this wasn't a secret that just jumped up one day, like like when MGM bought it. This was behind the scenes. It was a negotiation process for a long time. So. I knew what was coming. Even if it wasn't coming, I'd probably do the same thing, just because I don't didn't want to do it any longer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's just it's consuming. It's your life consuming, and and I wanted to spend more time, you know, in Florida in the off season, not be in Las Vegas. And I didn't think that I could do that job remotely, even though you can in the pandemic world. But I mean, in reality, says no. I have to I have to buy in with two feet, and this is like my town. I wasn't prepared to do that going forward because I have a life someplace else that I put on hold for three years.
0: Yeah, I think mean, you, can, you can definitely definitely see. I mean, you did a fantastic job with the dual roles, but you know your, your passion definitely for being on the court and uh, in wanting to coach. Uh, so, congratulations on that decision. And uh, our
3: condolences. I'm not really quite sure yet. Yeah.
0: Well, <laughs> you know, for for our fans that may not understand, uh, talk about. You know, some of those things that I don't want to say that were a grind for you, but that that did kind of take away. What are some of those specific things that kind of took away from from you dealing with the coaching um, that, that took up hours of your day?
3: Well, it's just everything. You have to make all the decisions. So you have to be involved in all, all the emails. You have to be involved in meetings, uh, not only internally, but also externally uh, you're the one that has to make decisions on, you know, where we're going, how we're going, are we gonna spend this? Are we gonna buy that? Uh, you know, you kinda of touch everything, budgets and, and planning and it it's 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 real business. It's real it's real work. Um and for a bat the basketball world that doesn't happen very often, uh, where, you know, the basketball people uh have a, a, a very intense responsibility on their business side. It's only a few in the history like Pat Riley, um and things like that where You know, you you have two different worlds going. I just wanted one world because basketball coaching in the WNBA is it a 12 month job? No. It's probably a six to seven month job, and the rest of the time is your time. And I live in Florida, and that's the off season. I wanted to worry about playing golf and going fishing. Not that I had three phone calls on Tuesday and four phone calls on Wednesday, and another meeting on Friday, and I can't have my real life to do what I want to do. So I think. All the, all the little things that add up to responsibility um, was time for me to pass the torch.
0: And do you feel right now that you got a little bit off uh, your shoulders here and, and feel a little bit more refreshed already?
3: Oh, I already did from, last, from when the season ended. Mm-hmm. I basically checked out on all of the stuff about the business side uh, and didn't want to deal with it. Something about coaching or something about a, person, a player or whatever or or – you know, a college kid, fine, I'll talk about it all day long, but no, don't bother me about the rest of the stuff.
0: All right, Bill Lambier joins us, head coach of the Las Vegas Aces, T.C. Martin, along with Frank Harnish.
2: Bill, when it came to uh, this last season, you mentioned that a lot of stuff was going on and happening. What was the most disheartening thing or the most difficult thing that you went through last year? Was it the wobble, the pandemic, or just everything just coming in like almost the uh, – people always say the perfect storm. In this case, maybe the, the, the not-perfect storm.
3: Well, it, it started the year before when our players said they re- they wanted to try to compete for the championship, even though I knew they weren't ready. Um, which means I had to really inject myself into their locker room and into how and expediate their their growing, uh, which was very trying and it was hard. Um, on top of the business part that I had too, um, so that really wore me down uh, two years ago, and then last year with the bubble, um, that was the worst. Uh, because I'm an outdoors person, I'm I, I want to do my own things, and here we are. I had to sit in my hotel room every day for 102 days uh, away from my family and a whole bit, and you can't you can't do anything, uh, and that was extremely difficult. Also, that really wore me down. Also, which it, it, it just I got to the point where I don't I don't know no, <laughs> no, I need time off. I need to you know. Because coaching is very difficult. It's, it, it consumes you. Uh, you know, you're thinking 12, 14 hours a day. All you do is think, or go to the gym, or travel, a whole bit, and figuring out problems. Uh, and then, but it's it's very consuming. It wears you down, also. So I'm 64 as of next week, and I don't need those headaches of of that kind of um, intensity uh, across the board. So I'll just worry about coaching right now while I'm I'm still. Have the energy to do it.
0: You know, you mentioned that you're still in quarantine, and the team is is still in quarantine at this point in time. And, and well, the,
3: the, it, 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 we'll call it protocols, pro, right? There's protocols that have to be followed, right? Uh, you can you can go to the grocery store, um, and. Oh, last week, they allowed you to go to one of those evil hair salons. <laughs> um, and I don't understand why you can't go out to a golf course. Maybe there's COVID in the grass or something, but they yeah. won't tell us why. Oh, uh, so the protocols are, are very Japonian at the moment. Um, and hopefully they'll change over the course of time. But right now, in some ways, this is actually worse than the bubble.
0: Did you just use the term jabronian? Is that that's a wrestling term? Is that what you used? <laughs> no, I know
3: that was a good draconian one. Draconian with a D with a D R. Oh yeah,
0: dr- draconian. Oh okay, there you go. <laughs> I, I thought you knew that's what he said. Yeah, I thought I saw this. And then I was looking at Numb and going like, oh, maybe he said jabroni. So no, 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 no. Oh, same he, difference though, no, right? He,
2: he wasn't channeling his inner rock there. He was doing <laughs> that. You know. Yeah. It, 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 sure. I, I I guess it's too bad that you guys don't have the same protocols of the NHL because I know with the playoffs coming up, one of the things that the NHL has done is they will now allow the players to go on the golf course again. That would be nice if you could get out there, too, because if I remember right, you got a pretty good handicap there, my friend.
3: Well, I don't play anymore, especially during the season. I, I try to focus only on basketball, so that's why my handicap has gone south so badly. But, you know, overall, it's, it's just, you know, it's, it's a very trying time. Uh, and hopefully everybody gets through it. You know, hopefully they loosen up their restrictions because everybody now is becoming fully vaccinated. Right. And why do players have to wear masks on the bench if everybody's fully vaccinated? Hmm. I, I, nobody understands that. It makes no sense. Um, so, and hopefully it all changes, but, you know, I'm not going to hold my breath.
0: All right, Bill Lambier joins us. All right, the hiring of Nikki Vargas. Uh, thoughts on her as a person, fellow coach, uh, now an executive, and and how does she fit in with the Aces family?
3: Well, they did a good search. I, I knew the people involved in the search, and they and they came up with with Nikki. I, I think it's a great hire. Uh, she has basketball acumen. Uh, she, and you run a college program. You're you're heavily involved in the business aspect uh, of that college program, which you're responsible for all the numbers. Uh, and and talking, we've had longer extensive of talks about. They are picking my brain and and giving her to lay the land. And in my opinion, it's still her choice going forward, which is good. Uh, my time has passed. Uh, so it's somebody else's time to take the reins and put their, their stamp on it, as well as implement Mark's stamp. Uh, so he's going to want certain things done his way and, and certain directional things. And it's just good to have somebody else move forward like that. I think she's the right one. Uh, I told Mark and her that my task right now, besides just being the coach of the basketball team, is to make her wildly successful for the future of this franchise. So anything that I can do to teach her, tell her, help her, whatever or put out fires or run interference for her, uh, I'll do that because I believe in who she is and where she's going. I think she's going to be successful, and she's going to be a a great face of not only for our franchise but also in this town, I believe.
0: So we had her on yesterday and then got a chance to see her at Allegiant Stadium yesterday with the press conference, and she said – that one of the attracting factors to this organization was you, you know, being being a basketball guy and all, the utmost respect for you and everything. So uh, that you know, I, I know a lot of times you don't like uh, accolades you know, we, and this we, and that, we, but you know exactly. Yeah, but but uh, she is your boss now, I guess, right? Is, is she your boss? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. <laughs> it's a weird dynamic, you know, and a piece of paper that's probably correct, but reality says. I'm gonna do my own thing right now, and, and no, no one's gonna tell me at this point in time, right now, on this particular day, that I'm gonna to try to change course. No, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> so well, it's it's kind of a weird dynamic. I'm a, I'm autonomous yeah. uh, to a point, uh, but no i'm i I got a vision the vision may not work, but I got a vision, and I'm marching down that path.
0: you're grandfathered in as we like to say there you go. Was there a time <laughs> when you didn't do your own thing bill
3: <laughs> No <laughs> <laughs> well, Eric- I, have, I have a I have a respect for authority um and I do report into authority right. if that is what is required, right. but I'm going in my own direction in my own direction, ain't good enough, okay, well, fire my ass. I don't care <laughs> um. But if I try to do somebody else's way, it doesn't work. Well, then shame on me.
0: That's why we love you, man. There you go. That's perfect. All right. Days away from the opening of the season, Saturday, 12 noon, ABC at Seattle. Uh, How prepared do you feel that you guys are for opening day?
3: Not at all. Um, I I think not having guys probably hurt our team more than not anybody else. Yeah. we needed to play against a little better caliber of against ourselves and wear ourselves out. And, uh, Andrew got hurt. So we have to do some new rotational problems, uh, problems, new rotational opportunities. Uh, so we're going to figure that out. Uh, Liz, you know, came in, not in the greatest of shape, so she's working her way through there. And Chelsea Gray just got added. Uh, only realizes we only have four players from last year's team, right? Uh, which is pretty bizarre. Um, Someone coming back from the prior year, I get that part, but it's not the same. Uh, you still have to reteach and re-understand and learn each other, and that's what we're going through right now. I'm anticipating a, a bumpy beginning, and then Plum goes away for five or six games after game two for USAB 3 on three tryouts. Okay. Or not tryouts, a qualifying tournament. Right. So that'll throw another monkey wrench into the situation, and we're only allowed to carry 11. Now Angel's hurt, now we only have 10. So you know, that's a lot of... Uh, bumps in the road coming up here in the short term if we can work our way through that and and be somewhat competitive i think as we go through the season and become stronger and know each other i think we're going to be a very formidable team
2: i know you mentioned earlier when we were speaking that one of the trying things for you a couple seasons ago was that the team wanted to win a championship and you knew in your heart that they weren't quite ready for it so that was tough to go through where do you see this team right now? And I know you don't like expectations from the media and this, that, and the other of you your own, but where do you see this team is now, and what's the potential of it?
3: Well, they're a more mature team in understanding how to compete for the championship. They went through it last year, and they realized a lot of the little things that you have to do to be, you know, to have that kind of record, to get yourself a bye. Um, and then we had a very rough time with Connecticut, but we got through that one, which is a great character builder. Uh, not only for individuals, but also for a team. They understand each other, and you get you get closer. So I, I think that part of internal in the locker room, I think, is the best it's been for to be able to compete. Uh, talent wise, we have a fair amount of really good talent. We have to blend together. That's our our, our biggest problem, our biggest
0: um, opportunity to
3: yeah. to yeah challenge would be a better word. Uh, it, so that's going to take a while. But I think their their mindset is. That, yeah, this is the chance that we have if we do what we need to do and learn each other and pay attention to detail and value two points. Um, they believe, that's all that matters is they believe, they believe that they have a chance to win. And now, But the bottom line is you have actually have to go play the games. And that's what we're about to start doing.
0: Have you settled on a starting five yet?
3: Yeah, yeah, (laughs) right. Yes, yes, but I'm unclear. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm 90 percent of the way there.
0: Okay. So you mentioned Plum. It's too bad that she's uh, you know got to go away for a while. Again, just the the craziness of of the schedule and everything. And you guys will be taking a month or so off too because of the Olympic games. uh, You know, in August. Yeah, exactly. So how is Plum looking off of the injury?
3: I'm good. Uh, You know, three or four days, hard days in road practice, she gets a little fatigue of her foot. Other than that, good. Mm -hmm. Um, She's on a mission. You know, she wants to get back uh, and and be successful individually and as a team. Uh, She learned a lot, quite frankly, sitting out last year and watching us. And she'll tell you that if you have her on. Mm -hmm. Um, Just by watching and understanding who her teammates are, it's not the same as playing with them. But she also came off of a, a good playoffs. Uh, last time she stepped on the court, so she wants to expand upon that too and use that as a launching pad. Uh, so I think overall she's in good uh, position right now to be successful for us. How and what, where, who it all works out. Well, that's what I'm still trying to figure out.
0: You know, you mentioned Chelsea Gray, and you know, you really probably haven't had enough time really to to value her because she hasn't been here that long, and she had to clear through protocols and everything from playing overseas. Is she as good as advertised from what you've seen so far?
3: Yeah, yes and no. I don't know. It's, we're, we're a little different style for her. So I, told her, I basically told her that you know it's, easy, it's, it's a lot easier for her to jump on the ship and then the ship change direction and jump on her ship. It, it just doesn't happen overnight. She has to understand who we are, which is a learning experience also. Uh, and learn how we do business and assimilate into how we do business, and maybe we will back into how she does business. So I think it's going to be the same thing I said before. It's going to be a little bumpy ride in the early part because she's a, okay, let's walk up the floor or, or slowly push the floor and get into something. We're about, we want to zoom the ball up the floor and attack right away. So two different styles, and it's easy for her to do our style. It would be a lot harder for us to do her style. So it's going to be a learning experience for both sides also.
0: Hey, how is that when you have a player that you are now coaching, but for all these years, especially like a veteran like, like say, Chelsea Gray, and I guess you had to do this uh, with Liz Cambage as well too, maybe even Angel McCautry for, for a while too. How is it when a player that you've coached against for many years and now you've spent all that time trying to shut that person down and then now they're playing for you talk about that building that relationship or that trust factor and having them fit into your system and your plans and you know both sides are used to each side competing against each other and now your teammates
3: well from a coaching perspective and I, I told her the same thing you know you you can look at a tape of her playing for somebody else and you can watch a game but you're mostly focused on yourself and your team not her right. or their team and you really learn more about the player actually in practice than you do in the game um, because you see them in so many more practices. And you see things in their game in practice, and you wouldn't see in the game because they take more leeways in practice. So you see what they're capable of doing in different areas, and you can help expand that game. And maybe there's areas that she was limited by their personnel that now we have, she has different personnel that she can do certain things for her game that she was unable to do on the other team's. So it's, it's a lot of nuances. It's a lot of different things and it's going to take time, but I think she's the right kid for the right spot. Uh, I know the players believe in her and trust her. That's more than three quarters of the battle. Uh, And she wants to do it. She wants to be that, that person was out there and orchestrates um, this team. And uh, okay, let's park upon that, but let's make sure we don't get um, any frustration when it doesn't happen like yesterday. Hmm.
2: Do you like the way that the league has started off with you going up to Seattle to play the first two games and basically jumping right into the deep end of the pool?
3: Uh, I, I understand and, and and agree with that. Uh, we would be playing either there or here for the opening game. We're playing there because they get their rings and they get their ceremony and the two finals teams last year and we're on ABC television. That's a given every year. Um, to play back to back up there, I think it's a little is bad because. You could have a sprained ankle. You could have something. You cannot. You know, you're not up to speed yet. You need to game under your belt. All of the above, and now you're playing one of your rivals and in their place. And there's no breathing room. You could be 0 and 2. You could be 2 and 0. Um, but to the play them both, boom boom, you don't get to make any that many adjustments. And you, it could be a wrong time of year. Someone could have a sprained ankle. He'll be back in two weeks. So you know it's. They play them, and especially in the same market, they were to come to our place and play, i get that one. That would be somewhat better than having two games uh, in their place.
0: Final thing here for you, Bill, uh, with Asia coming off an MVP season, how do you handle the attention that she is going to get, not only on the court, but but off the court as well, too, this year?
3: Well, most of the problem with that, what you just described, will be off the court. right? Uh, the media requirements... Uh, you know, going into towns, uh, advanced, advanced media people want articles. Um, it's going to get even worse this year because uh, on the drawing board, I think it's well down. The drawing board. There's going to be a weekly show, uh, uh, a weekly television show out there. There's going to be a weekly radio show out there for the WNBA. Um, so they're going to want content. So who are they going to go to? They're going to go to the best players. They're going to go to the best teams. Uh, And, yeah, she's Shazer Wilson, the MVP, and so the requests keep coming. And I think that's, I told our our PR staff, I told our players, I think that's going to be the biggest, um, you know, distraction this year is going to be the amount of media that will be coming our way, and especially Asia's way. Mm.
0: All right. As you know, we have a a great, uh, in-depth, cracked research staff here. And uh, we found out. Here comes the the breaking news, ladies and gentlemen. Bill Lambeer played in a a pro golf event in 1993. You remember that in Cleveland? You shot a 77, three birdies. I missed uh, missed the cut. You missed the cut. (laughs) There it is. You got a profile on PGA Tour dot com.
3: Played in the event yeah, in nineteen ninety three. What happened? I I missed, I missed the cut. Um, too green, too naive. Um, they're all they're all better players than I was at that time. Um, you know, and it was fun. It was frustrating because I could have played better. Uh, but it is what it is. It was just you know I got in there. I hit my two sets. I I did other qualifiers for PGA events. Like they were called back then. They were called four spots. Where you play on Monday, one round to get four spots to go into a PGA tour, and I missed by one one year. Oh wow! Um, so you know, but it, I didn't didn't make it. So it is what it is, and that's long hit long time ago.
0: So of the guys that you played with, whether they were your teammates in Detroit or just guys in the league around that time, and you know, there would be celebrity golf events. Who were – Give me one or two guys that like were really outstanding golfers.
3: Didn't. In
0: basketball? Yeah, they,
3: they were like, like there either your any. there weren't any, right?
0: Nobody. No, that, uh, I, I was,
3: I, I was the one. Um, now there's like a ton of them. Yeah.
0: Um,
3: back when I was playing, there really wasn't. Golf wasn't on the radar of a lot of the pro athletes. Right.
0: Um,
3: but as times going along, and the money's become great, and they have to hide out more um, from the general public. Golf is a great place to go because there are no TVs, there are no cell phones, mm-hmm. there are no people wanting your autograph every five minutes. Mm-hmm. So, it's a great place to escape. And also, you play by yourself. You don't have any teammates to lose the game for you. So, a lot of athletes have really taken up golf because it gives them another competitive outlet.
0: Was there anyone worse than Charles Barkley?
3: Charles Barkley used to be okay. He used to shoot like, you know, 85, 88, 80, oh, wow. 90, somewhere in there. Okay. And then he got hooked up with a, psycho- a sports psychologist and then went in the tank and now she's 140.
0: <laughs> All right, my friend. Hey, uh, well. Good luck. Uh, get ready for the opener uh, Saturday and Sunday, and fans back at Mandalay Bay a week from this weekend. Uh, everyone's looking forward to that.
3: So are we. All
0: right, brother. All right, be good, and we'll uh, we'll see you soon. Take care. There Thank he, you. There he is, Bill Lambier, the head coach of the Las Vegas Aces. So NBA players, not exactly quarterbacks on the golf course. Not so much. He brings up a good point, though. Too, you think about that. You know, back in those days, you know, there, there weren't that many especially the NBA guys they, yeah. they didn't play a lot now some of them yeah. do like I hear oh, Steph Curry's do. got a good game oh he does and I've you know, seen him he's play up in Tahoe in that, yeah
2: he's up in Tahoe and some of them do but yeah mm-hmm. so I would just think that one of the hard things would be like just getting clubs to fit properly in that, that they've all got to have custom made clubs
0: oh yeah I mean when you're 6'11
2: or 7 foot tall you're not using
0: standard clubs I, I had to take Cartwright shopping when he was in Vegas here to get his custom made clubs uh, over the PGA Super uh, uh, store over here you're right you know, Not easy for these guys, seven foot. All right, appreciate Bill Lambier for joining us. We come back, we talk NFL schedule release. T.J. Reeves from Tampa Bay will join us. We got that, more VGK talk, and a whole lot more, plus some baseball as well. So hang tight for that. T.C. Martin Ballpark Frank on this Wednesday.
1: Let's knock them on their backs, butt them in the mouth, knock their ass in the dirt. That's what we got to do.
2: We got to stop that buddy ball. Smash everybody in the mouth. Take the running backs to the stands. Run up in the stands and slap their mama.
1: Live. In the entertainment capital of the world, it's the T.C. Martin Show.
0: It is showtime, baby. Here we go.
1: It's time to
3: get your daily prescription from the doctor,
2: T.C. Martin. Going to be fielded by Lorenzo Neal at the 25. He yeah, pitches the- it back to wide check. He throws it across the field to Dyson. He's
0: got something. 30, He's 40, got something. 50 He's got it. 40, He's got it. 20, 10, He's got five, it. The doctor is now in. Hour number two. Glad to have you with us. T.C. Martin, Ballpark Frank, VGK Frank. Because the Golden Knights playing their regular season finale tonight in San Jose. Golden Knights, a big favorite. Minus 220. They need to win. They need the Colorado Avalanche to lose. And the Avalanche taking on the LA Kings not only tonight, but Friday as well, too. End of the regular season, turn around, playoffs begin. marc Andre Fleury between the pipes tonight, so we'll look forward uh, to that. All right, so we've got that going on. NFL schedule release, that's right, and the opening night game is coming up. That is announced. We will dive into that this hour as well too, and we know for sure. Even though the big schedule release presentation on ESPN tonight will take place at five o'clock with all the, all of its pomp and circumstance. The Las Vegas Raiders will be opening at home against the Baltimore Ravens Monday night football at Allegiant Stadium.
2: Yeah, and I know a lot of people will be looking forward to that. Uh, be interesting to see. Hopefully, by that time, it'll be 100% crowd capacity allowed in there. The place will be rocking, the flame will be glowing, and Mark Davis will get a chance to walk around and check out his stadium for his football team, though I think you'll probably see it in a preseason game or something, but the first regular yeah, season game, right. going to be big on a Monday night here.
0: And he did say that yesterday, too. He goes, you know, obviously the, f- the first time I'll be in here for a game will be the preseason, but, you know, can hardly wait. And, you know, we saw that with the Golden Knights. When they, you know, had their exhibition game before this, it was like a regular season game. Oh,
2: at one hundred percent, yeah.
0: And I they, mean, the, even the other team was like, "What the yeah. hell is this?" Yeah, I remember we were talking about that at that point in time. It's like you realize that these buildings are usually like a quarter full for these games. NBA, same thing. When the NBA came to Sacramento, ex- exact same way. It was like these people thought that this game really counted, you know, and uh, you know the situation in Green Bay. I don't know if you're aware of this or not, too, but they have this thing called Family Night, that is a week into training camp, and they uh, it used to be free. Then they ended up like charging uh, ten bucks for people to come to Lambeau Field to watch a scrimmage, like it's like your college spring game, the yeah. green against the gold, yeah. that sort of thing. And uh, they would put 60,000 fans, sixty to 70,000 fans to come watch a scrimmage. Not even a game. It's just like, okay, you know, they'd start, they'd stop. Let's go down to this game. Now is our field goal sessions, like a glorified practice. And then they would do, you know, raffle off jerseys. They'd you know, do some charity yeah. stuff and all that other kind of stuff. And it was a big thing. But for fans who, you know, weren't season ticket holders, they couldn't get their Their hands on tickets to to Packer games. This was a big deal for them, and so that's kind of what that kind of reminded me of too. You know, for the Golden Knights, you know, first exhibition game, and again, you know, exhibition football is really pretty boring and pretty meaningless. But yeah, that that'll be crazy. That first exhibition game at Allegiant Stadium.
2: So in Green Bay, then was was that a tough night? Did they have to reschedule all the bo- the bowling leagues in that so they could go on a different night? Yeah, well, bowling leagues are on
0: Wednesday. Uh, that's that's,
2: that's <laughs> oh, that. Oh, they have night. bowling <laughs> leagues on more than just Wednesday. They, do. they have them every day of the wh- week wh- back there. Wh- wh- they did in bit? Chicago. I know that. Wh- 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 what? What? The darts tournament went to
0: Saturday instead of Sunday. It's not a dart don't... season. Dart, season's a winter dart winter, winter. season
2: is. Dart season is year round back there. Don't act in like I don't know what's what it's
0: like back oh, there. That's right. Cornholes only in the spring and summertime, right? Cornhole was not a thing when I was. Growing up, yeah, well, the cornhole back there is you know. in the parking lot during the tailgate parties. And yes, you cannot do cornhole in the spring because there's still snow on the ground in Green Bay, Wisconsin. Let's remember that. Yeah, it's, it's very all right. Speaking of <laughs> the the man who knows everything from cornhole to spike ball, here he comes. Pickleball. He, he's got the pickleball on he's, his. He's got the pickleball going. And yes, ladies and gentlemen, make way. Wait, I don't know if he's going to make it through that drive-through speaker. This this big uh, 16-wheeler is going to fit underneath in that tiny, skinny drive-thru. The king of the drive-thru and Super Bowl champion in some fashion or form, TJ Reeves. What's going on, my man?
1: initial's brother from another mother how are we on a schedule release wednesday afternoon out in the desert
0: <laughs> that's all you got i give you that intro Numbshuck is is actually going with the horns here
1: i don't know yeah i don't know what that was with the horns if that was get out of the way or what that was with the horns we are not in the drive thru fanfare
0: fanfare. I, fanfare I thought it was
1: honk
2: i thought it was hunk on the, I it was the parade
1: I thought it was weak. I would give it like a two or maybe wow. maybe a two and a half. It was weak on the fanfare. It would be better fanfare than that.
0: Nemchuk, you want to try again? We'll, we'll give you a mulligan. Okay? That, that was like Bill Lambeer uh, casting one uh, casting off all goes there. back to golf, doesn't it? It <laughs> does. Today it goes back to golf. Well, it's beautiful weather there. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, here he comes, our Buck sideline reporter. The man that's still <laughs> waiting for his championship ring in the mail. It is T.J. Reed. Now that's a little better. I would give that like a six,
1: a six or a seven. So nunchuck is definitely improving there on the fanfare. In any event, it is good to be with you. And yes, we do know in a shocking development, just like it will get dark tonight, eventually, uh, there in sin city, the Dallas Cowboys were the first opponent that the NFL put for the Buccaneers right off the bat to raise the championship banner on the opening night on the Thursday. Uh, that, uh, I think everybody had that pegged. My twins had it pegged. I think everybody had it pegged that that was going to be the game that they were going to choose out of the Bucks' home schedule because it means 10, 10 million extra eyeballs that hate the Dallas Cowboys. Probably probably eighty ninety 90% of that, T.C., you know this, hate the Dallas Cowboys. So they're going to be the opening night game. And beyond that, we have to wait and see what's official. I've been seeing everything on the Internet and social media here today. Uh, and I have been warned by by my Buccaneer bosses, do not go anywhere and comment on the schedule because then it's as if it's coming from us uh, in in terms of what's rumored out there, and a lot of what's rumored out there is true, but some of it is not true. I do know this. The Buccaneers play at New England. You talk about a tough ticket. Brady's return to Foxborough, and that is definitely going to be a primetime game, whether it is Sunday night or Monday night. It remains to be seen and I'm anxious to see how soon that is versus how late that is because it could be chilly in Foxborough depending on when that game is.
0: Yeah, I'm thinking that's a Sunday night football game. I think it's got Sunday. But then again, you just don't know if the Patriots are going to be any good. So that could get it right. squashed over to Monday night. But let's let's hope it's not a Thursday night game. Because, and
1: to your point, yeah. that was the argument about the Cowboys, that for all the pomp and circumstance about the Cowboys, they were awful last year. And I know Dak Prescott towards. his – ankle up and got hurt, but they could be bad again this year. So if you were going to use that game in a primetime setting, you want to do it early in the event that they're like 0-4, 1-5 and, 4, 1 and 5 by the time you get to October. Very All right. true. All
0: right, TJ Reeves joins us, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They will kick off the season September 9th against the Dallas Cowboys. 16 defending Super Bowl champs have opened the season you know, with this game, this Thursday night special. And do you know what the record is, my friend, during the, the 16 of these games that I the believe, defending champs – you know what it is? I believe that there have been
1: more than a few that have lost the game. I'll go, like, 11-5. and five. Am I close? I don't have
0: it. 11 Am and I 11-5? Five? and five? Is it close? All right. Anybody else? Frank, want to take a guess? No. 16 games? Frank, <laughs> does anybody want to venture a guess? Thirteen and three. It's pretty good. Ah, it's better than I thought. Yeah, thirteen and three. And your boy Tom Brady, three and one in those games.
1: How about that? There He's been go. in a few of them. There you go. I got a trivia I got a trivia nugget for you. The only other time that the Bucks won the Super Bowl, obviously, was eighteen years ago. Right. And the NFL didn't have this stipulation where the team opened on Thursday night. They didn't even have the stipulation where the Buccaneers got to open at home. They instead opened on the road in the rematch with the Philadelphia Eagles from the previous playoffs where the Bucs had closed down the vet in the NFC Championship game with a win. And then we opened up the new stadium, whatever they call that thing now, Lincoln Financial Field or whatever. We opened the new stadium with a shutout win at Philadelphia on Monday Night Football. So this will be a first time for the Buccaneers as a Super Bowl champs to play at home. In the opening game,
0: that, How about that, is, that exactly that is very true. Who was your quarterback in that game at the link? You remember that? Brad
1: Johnson was still the quarterback off the Super Bowl team. Number fourteen and it was a, on your scorecard. Number fourteen on your scorecard, and I believe it was a seventeen to nothing shutout by the Bucs. Donovan McNabb and company did not score wow. that night at Lincoln Financial Field in the opener. So for all time, Buccaneer fan, Tampa Bay fan, has over Philly fan. We won the final game at the Vet. And we won the first game at your new stadium in a shutout.
0: So that, that feels pretty good on a Wednesday. All right. All right. So we got this up for you, TJ Reeves. Your Buccaneer faithful there, your bosses. Uh, don't want us you know, maybe talking about uh, too much stuff within the schedule, but hopefully they won't get mad at us for this. The National Football League and the Tampa Bay Sports Commission are planning a free music and football festival leading up to the NFL kickoff on that Thursday night. The league office says details on the musical acts will be unveiled very, very soon. T.J. Reeves, our man on the spot, what can you tell us about that?
1: I can tell you that I know Rob Higgins from the Sports Commission very well. They have been working on this in the aftermath of the Super Bowl, which, again, this area... Deserves a lot of credit for what they were able to put on in the breach when the NFL said, "Okay, we're going to move the game to Tampa Bay because the LA stadium's not ready." And then, of course, you have the COVID nineteen pandemic. They were still able to safely host the the NFL's uh, fan fest uh, in downtown Tampa, and then were able to obviously put on the game where you could have at least twenty five thousand people there, and there were. There were some limited parties and things you could do under the guidelines. So in some ways, this is kind of fitting that, that you're going to have some some musical get-ups you know, get and, and some performances prior to the game, probably at halftime of the game, that kind of thing, with some of the stuff that you're allowed to do. So uh, good good for them, and, and let's hope this will be the case. They're going to have the Super Bowl in Los Angeles that they were supposed to have last year this year, all things being equal in February, it is coming to Las Vegas, too, and you may have that info at your fingertips with the new stadium because that's the NFL's policy now. You build a new stadium, we give you the Super Bowl. But it should come back to Tampa uh, for the for the fact that the, that the Tampa Bay area uh, did what it could during the pandemic. We should get another Super Bowl here in the next three or four years in that rotation. That would only be fair and be appropriate. And this is a good sign with the opening game on Thursday if they want to do some festive stuff coming
0: up well, we know who the uh, musical guest actually should have been here and also serves as your fanfare right here my friend this there it is we gotta have a got a little tribute gotta have a tribute the A a13 right there on that thursday night opener <laughs> Bust a move! Little no, man, shot G
1: in the eight one three humpy hump right there. There it is. You gotta love him. R.I.P. for the humpy hump. And uh, you gotta love this. So uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's a number of different ways that you could probably travel with different Florida acts and different groups, but we'll we'll see what they elect to do there for the opening weekend. And again, the uh, the Rams getting the Sunday night game and the Raiders getting the, the Monday night game there in Vegas is not coincidental they want to showcase those new stadiums with fans like you were just touching on before i came on and hopefully at full capacity or mostly full capacity by that time because those stadiums played empty obviously for all of last year
0: so who are some of the tampa uh, iconic rockers musicians whether you know r&b who is it who is it tj reeves <laughs> Who, who I should be? Know. Who should be featured on this right, night? I'm of not celebration. the right
1: guy on that. On who's from Tampa, uh, there are there are different country acts uh, that are from Florida, for example, like the, the Florida Georgia Line guys. They're Florida and Gal. Okay, they're 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 Florida, but I'm not the right one to ask on who t- uh. big time Tampa musicians or bands would have been uh, from back in the day. Uh, I do know this, and you're 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 always down whenever I bring him up. But he's a Tampa Bay legend and a Tampa legend, Hulk Hogan. Was, was in a rock band before he became a professional wrestler. The Hulkster was always right. strumming the bass in his rock band back in the day.
0: That's why right. He wanted to take over uh, for Rick Derringer there uh, when, when he came in with I'm a Real American, you know? <laughs> in the video. He was strumming the guitar in the I video, know, if you remember. I know this. His
2: I, motorcycle. Have
1: acquaintances, I have acquaintances and uh, two of their dads – were uh, part of the high school class with Terry Bollea Hulk Hogan, and Terry Bollea Hulk Hogan was in the marching band in high school. If you did not know that, have we broken news on the T.C. Martin show that in high school he was not... Big time athlete. He was in the marching band. Yeah, yeah, I at knew At High School in Tampa.
0: Yeah, he was a geek. Yeah, I understand that. That's before he decided to go pump iron, uh, eat his vitamins, and pump some roids or whatever he was doing there before that. Yes, but he and didn't have the total...
1: of dollars doing it. By the way, yeah. you always have to put that
0: in there. Yeah, exactly. And he, and he had the uh, the the straight, uh, you know, uh, hair in his bangs, the blonde, uh, you know, back in those days. There you go. <laughs> oh, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. And now let me do my my best, Howard Finkel. Here we go. And now making his way down the aisle. We're at Madison Square Garden, by the way. From Venice Beach, California, weighing in at 272 pounds, Hulk Hogan! Paint the in their fists. They're pumping their fists. They're going crazy in the garden as the holster is ripping off his shirt. He's pointing to the left. He's pointing to the right. He's putting up his hand by his ear as the Macho Man is in the corner with his purple tights on going, no brother, no. Putting his hands over his ears. I can't handle it anymore. Shut it down, shut it down. I'm coming out of the ring. I go back and the music stays hot as a Hulkster is going around parading, hitting himself in the chest, disconnecting his headphones like I am right now. Oh
3: my goodness.
1: There's a, there are a lot of people in Tampa Bay that are cheering on this segment right now because, again, it's a big pro-wrestling town and pro-wrestling area because all those guys are from here. Yeah, Hulk Hogan's about as much from Venice Beach, <laughs> I, I think, is. Uh, yeah, he's from Tampa. But in any, in any event, uh, that's why we always loved the Macho Man because he would— Have them introduce him correctly from Sarasota, Florida. That's where he resided. So That's where where he resided. He was originally from Illinois, but he had them introduce him as Sarasota, Florida.
0: There we go. Here's the best one. Glasgow, Scotland. Not Portland, Oregon. No, no. (laughs) Glasgow, Scotland. That's what I'm talking about right here. Yeah. One coconut. Two
3: coconut. There you go, Jimmy Snuka. Yeah.
2: Never let the actual location get in the way of a WWE star. Yeah, I mean, Harlem exactly. Heat was from Houston, Texas. Yeah,
0: there, he there you go. <laughs> right, 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 right.
1: And don't forget, <laughs> my man... Whatever it takes, Frank, as you know. Whatever yeah. it takes. And
0: don't forget, my man, George the Animal Steel, was not from Detroit, Michigan. Okay, just remember that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he did have a green tongue, however. Hey! And I still remember, I still remember because I was there, like Howard Cosell, the 1999 Final Four... Uh, the Yukon Huskies upsetting the Duke Blue Devils, Jim Calhoun's first national championship at Tropicana Field in St. Pete, which you always impugn and malign. I uh, I was sitting press row, third row, courtside, and I looked behind me, and about two rows back was George, the animal steal, without the green tongue that this night. This is true. This it is was courtside at the Final Four. I so, saw it all.
0: Yeah, night. and, uh, you know, George, a great friend, uh, worked for me in those NWC days, And uh, we talked specifically about what he used for the green tongue. And and, and now this would be breaking news. I don't think anybody knows this, but I'll go ahead. I'll I'll bust it out. But I will we'll play some trivia. Take some guess. How do you think he got the green tongue? Because I watched him do it before our matches, and we talked openly about it. Any idea?
1: I'm gonna go uh, food coloring for two hundred, Alex.
0: Frank.
2: I'm guessing it wasn't a smoothie because he wasn't uh, right? necessarily into the health food in that. Now, so.
0: w- now, when I say this, I think Frank has an excellent shot of getting this. If you really put your brain to it, Frank, because this is an old-school, mm, I don't want to say a version of candy, but uh, this is an old-school thing that, that uh, was very common if you wanted to have some green in you. Think really deep there.
2: Deep. <laughs> I'm not sure. Not sure. Kind of drawing a blank.
0: Okay. I, I, I was busy looking up some some music. Oh, I know you were working on that. that yeah. So, numchuck any idea? No, wait. no, because we won't let him talk. No. All right. I'm gonna say this, and and I know Frank has heard of this. TJ, you probably have heard of it too. An old school uh, version of this better be something better than green jello. No, no. Yeah, now that you built it up, my mother used to have these in her purse. Clorettes. <laughs> Do you remember Clorettes? Yeah, I remember Clorettes. There you go. Oh my.
1: Yes. Uh, Georgiana so Steele. They did use the, the lozenge like the, the, medicine, it the green medicine. It was gum.
0: It was gum. No, chlorates was gum. All right. Yeah, there you go. Come on, man. Wait, don't, just because you didn't get it? I mean, come on. You gotta I needed appreciate a payoff that. that. I mean, we're going it's back to
1: Chuck and the fanfare music again. I think i got to go about a two or a three on the payoff on that story. Clorets were I iconic. I get from Numbchuck on that.
0: Most people, they get that information, they go, oh, man, that makes sense. Oh, that's cool. I would have no idea. <laughs> what is not a green oh, apple. Sir. I mean, come George, on. What uh, do you have for me today? Valentine candy. <laughs> Valentine candy. Thank you. There you go. There it is. Uh, You you can't get this anywhere else. TJ Reeves, how many shows do you do? Where you have this type of conversation, this enlightening type of conversation. This is uh, this
1: is great like my eighty third appearance on the T C Martin show, and at least eighty of them have gone off the rails. So we're right Very we're right nice. back where we normally are. You man, right. uh, I'm happy about that. All right,
0: we now leave Tampa, Florida, and we go to our breaking news correspondent live in studio Las Vegas, Nevada, because our own guy from Tampa Bay, who does not know the iconic artist in their own hometown, a guy that is born and raised there. disappointed major T.J. Reeves. We've got to go to ballpark, Frank, from Algonquin, Illinois, via Las Vegas, Nevada, via Tampa, Florida, to get the real deal. Yeah, Frank, I mean, there's let's not, go. There's
2: not really a lot of big names from Tampa itself, but from the you. state of Florida, there is... Now, a lot of people are, are no longer with us, like Tom Petty and that, who is right. from Florida, but... Uh, yeah, I, the, I don't
1: think he'll be playing the yeah, concert no, prior no, to the... Or the job, no, right? no, Keep no, going. no,
2: but, but there are <laughs> some artists that, you know, Flow Rida's from Florida, Pitbull's from Florida, Ariana Grande from Florida. Mm. Leonard Skinner, Molly Hatchet. I mean, there there are a lot of uh, the Almond Brothers. Mm. So there's a lot of acts and different varieties in that that you could go from Florida. Uh, I, I'm not, not a sure lot of them the living, NFL and maybe it will like. be Ariana
1: Grande. Who knows?
2: I mean, uh, you know, that would actually be a very huge name.
0: That's true.
1: It would be, and we'll see if they uh, if they make that happen. And uh, and obviously, Tom Petty, Gainesville, Florida, and it's still a tradition at the University of Florida now since his passing that they will play uh, the Free Falling song. Uh, and boom it through the swamp in the, uh, in the fourth quarter of games now in Gainesville as a tribute. As a tribute to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers. So there you go right. on that one.
0: All right, some more breaking news. I wanted to hit you with this one last week. But again, our on-the-spot reporter, T.J. Reeves, still reveling there on the boat parade. Tom Brady, a new yacht. I understand he's he's got to upgrade. The old yacht was only like fifty-five feet. This one's going to be bigger, stronger. Fat. What's going on with the Tom Brady yacht again? Celebrating again with with the, this boat parade idea. What's going on?
1: Again, the man has got multi-multi millions every which direction. Instead of having. A luxury apartment in new york which they sold i think for like 30 million very similar to the tc martin real estate transactions <laughs> obviously they wanted a bigger boat down in florida they intend to spend time down here because they figured out what everybody else did which is it is much warmer uh, to be in florida in shirts and shorts t-shirts and shorts in november and for a lot of january and even february you can dress warmly down here so it doesn't I, I it doesn't surprise me in the least.
0: I haven't gotten an invite
1: mm-hmm. from uh, Brady and Giselle as of yet, but I would love to mm-hmm. to go on the uh, on the new boat, whatever it happens.
0: Speaking of invites, my friend, breaking news that I don't know if we're allowed. I don't know if uh, you know, you have the TC. Martin show on in your household if we're allowed to say this or not, but TJ. Reeves officially coming to Las Vegas. I feel like one of those, those uh, old you know, WWF yo know, now you, know, you know, announcing the next card coming to town, coming to Las Vegas. It is TJ. Reeves making the trek 3238 miles coming west, young man. That's right, TJ. Reeves, the end of June, I believe, June 27th. Cosmopolitan of Las Vegas, you're finally coming. <laughs> you're, here. By the way, you're billing me like an act, like I'm gonna
1: be performing. That's right. Like three that's nights. Three nights at a show in late June. That's not that's not exactly what's going on. Are you willing to divulge exactly what's going on or just kind of no, that's will, a, that's tease a, the a audience with
0: it a little bit? I, I'm just saying weeks. that you are coming to Vegas. I'm I'm not he, gonna he, go He's anywhere. opening for pitbull in the Chelsea, right? There it is. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. He's gonna do his Humpty Hump tribute. That's what he's gonna do. Oh. Uh, yeah, so uh, you could say as little or as much as you want, but uh, confirm that. You are coming to town.
1: That is confirmed. Right. I am headed out there with wife, who has now been married officially to me 25 years in one day, as of today, appearing on the Wednesday edition. Wow. Happy edition the Happy belated Show. Yes. There you go. So uh, that and the twins are turning 13. My twin daughters, Abby and Riley, are turning 13. So I was looking around at what we could put, exactly, very nice, Uh, and so I was looking around for what we could do and what could possibly go wrong in a solemn, calm city like Las Vegas, but here we go. We're going to head out that way, uh, see what it's all about, including the stick your head in an oven heat at the end of June and early July. Uh, We are looking forward to being out there, and somehow I have a feeling it will work its way into an in-studio appearance at some point on the T.C. Martin show that week.
0: It's a very good possibility of that my friend and uh yeah we hope a uh, you know, happy anniversary to you and the misses uh, yeah we look forward to to wine and dine you having a good time and of course yeah we'll we'll do some in person stuff as well too so look forward to it good deal. what happens are they
1: playing the Stanley Cup finals that late what happens if it's a Tampa Bay Las Vegas Stanley Cup final which it almost was mm. Back a couple of years ago. Remember when the Knights made it, the Lightning got eliminated in the Eastern Conference Finals by Washington, or we would have had it a couple of years ago.
0: I think you they're know. There's just food for thought. Are they still playing the Stanley Cup Finals yeah. in late June? I think you know what that means. That means there will be a food wager involved. That's what that means. Could be. Yes. Could be.
1: Well, I do know this. They haven't figured out when they can start the playoffs yet, because they're still trying to figure out how to finish all the games for the Northern Division Canadian teams. And so it may get backed up enough where they're still playing in late June for the Stanley Cup playoffs. We'll see.
2: Stanley Cup playoffs start on Saturday. Boston plays the first game on Saturday. That, my friend, is the
1: only game that has been announced. All of the teams are still waiting and wondering, are we playing Saturday, are we playing Sunday, or are we playing even Monday in game one? And the league hasn't told them. As of uh, just after three p.m. Pacific time, after six p.m. in the East on this Wednesday.
0: Well, we have inside. So in words, we
1: have they should, inside they information now. It's like tomorrow. Hey, you're playing tonight. You're playing Saturday in Game One. Welcome well, to the NHL. We have inside
0: information out. that the Golden Knights will be playing Sunday and Tuesday. So go ahead, put stuff that in your pocket there.
1: All right. All That's right. good to know. You're like breaking other schedule news besides the NFL That's and the it. TC Martin Show. That's, That's why it. I'm here.
0: That's what we got exactly. All right, and uh, again, we had to have you on today because Tampa Bay you guys are going to you know ra- you know get the rings, raise the flag, whatever you're <laughs> going to do there in Tampa on that Thursday, September the ninth, and uh, that is official. They're There, Dallas at Tampa Bay, and you will be there, my friend. So, in great stuff. But before that, you'll be in Las Vegas. That's even better for you. And, and, and maybe
2: yeah. on, on a sad note, the saddest uh, thing might be that. One of the world's biggest Tampa Bay fans might be upset because I have a feeling Tampa Bay probably won't be crossing the pond.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, you're talking about uh, my Bud Paul
2: Stewart. Exactly. uh,
1: Who you love uh, from England. Yes, there will not be a Buccaneer (laughs) trip over to the U.K. like there was a couple of years ago. They did announce today that the Jets and the Falcons – and the Dolphins and the Jaguars, and the Jaguars have an agreement to play there every year. I was going to say, the uh, Jacksonville we,
2: is always there. They're the Florida team that's, that's a correct. constant. Okay.
0: Hey, they've, sister- taken
1: up, uh, they've taken up residence there. Those two games will be played in October back-to-back weeks, different uh, different Sundays, consecutive weeks in October. So those, are, those were also announced by the NFL today, and I believe those are the only two games that they're going to play over in England, but we'll all find out together here in a little while.
0: Okay. With the schedule Before we let you go, I know your enchiladas are probably getting cold there, but that's okay. That's what the microwave is for. <laughs> They're being consumed. I may be headed to
1: the drive through if this segment goes much longer because I'll be
0: Of course easy. you go are. Ahead. Yes. Of course you are. All right. Mr. Gainesville, Florida, Mr. Uh, Tim Tebow, Give me the story here. Urban Meyer bringing Tebow in. There's a lot of haters out there. A lot of fans. A lot of media and, and members. Frankly, I, hold on. I'm not. I'm not done yet. I'm not giving you my 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 perspective here. I'm gonna lay it out for you, my friend. Well, well, I, I am. I am not one of those Tim Tebow haters. I love Tim Tebow. Is he gonna play tight end? What's the dealio? How are people feeling about this? Well, as I was gonna
1: say, frankly, I don't understand what the hate's about. There you I go. Mean, this is, a, this is a guy that has done everything right off the field, never in trouble, does amazing things for charity, does amazing things for families with sick and dying kids that he wants no attention or publicity for. Uh, I, I can't say this enough. That he has done things for families that I know. One of them has a quadriplegic son that Tebow went to come and see in the rehab facility to encourage him, with no TV cameras, no nothing. Another family whose whose son is, is suffering from a rare form of childhood leukemia came and visited him at Shands Hospital. I mean, the guy the guy has done this by the dozens and by the hundreds for over a decade. Does all the right things off the field. He misses the competition, TC. He misses the winning and the losing, and he still wants to go and try and play. And it's the perfect circumstance with his former college coach. And I can't convey enough to you Jacksonville is an over the top Florida Gator town. I mean, first and foremost, the Gators are priority one, two, and three. And then comes like food and breathing <laughs> before the Jaguars, by the way, I love in that. the top five. So. So this is about marketing, this is about selling tickets, it's about money, it's about Thibault still wanting to compete, and if he, if he can't run and he can't block anymore at 33, he'll be the first one, I believe, to say, I can't do this, or, and or he gets injured, which happens some in the minor league baseball, but for right now, for all the, all the hate that's out there on the internet and the TV and elsewhere, what has the guy done? To get himself into any kind of trouble where, where all these rocks should be cast at anybody wants to still try to play football. He's done all the right things.
0: Yeah, and I know for a lot of people they're thinking, Oh, well, he's taken up a position, he's never played tight end before, really, you know, doesn't look like a tight end, you know, doesn't look like Travis Kelsey and and you know, Darren Waller, the prototypical body size or whatever, but this guy is still a football player. I mean, me personally, I'd still love to see him play quarterback. Uh, what about the tight end position? I mean, can you see this guy playing tight end? I mean, he's, he's never thick, played. Yet. He's thick enough. He's,
1: he's still two thirty two forty. He's thick enough where he can still block people, and that was always the thing, and, and who knows? But right. I, I do know this. Taking up a position on one of the worst franchises in the <laughs> NFL for the right. last 15 years, save for one season where they somehow accidentally put it together and got to the AFC championship game in 2017, the Jaguars have been awful. Their roster is awful. Uh-huh. So, They're they're a two- or three-win team with him or without him. They're going to try to sell some tickets. I have no problem with this. Plus, isn't
2: he only taking up a position if he makes the team? Just That's and he, It's not even a guarantee. That yeah, he does that he, he's point. not on the team yet. He's not taking up anything. Right. If he takes up a position, it's because he made the roster to take okay, that position. But
0: how is this going to be? His old college coach is going to have to cut, said that he's to cut him. Urban Meyer said that nobody. to cut him. Urban Meyer said
2: that he's never seen anybody
0: who's more competitive he's in that making than the Tim team. Tebow. I'll tell you, he's making the team. You, you don't go through all this if, you, if you're not making the team.
1: And by the way, fantastic for the locker room. He is a great locker room guy and would now be considered a veteran on a young team on the right way to do things. So, But I agree on this premise that if it is obvious that he can't run, can't do the things he needs to do, he'll be the one that says... I don't need to embarrass myself. I don't need to do this anymore, but I don't think that's going to be the case. I'm calling it right now in May. Right, right here on the world-famous T.C. Martin show. All right. He is not going to embarrass
0: himself. All right, you're not leaving yet. Uh, <laughs> the, the inch have already been consumed anyway, so it's okay. Breaking news again. This could be a, an indoor record for breaking According news. It's like, right? eight. That's like it. eight in the segment, But, but yes. you'll love this, okay? The Green Bay Packers have just signed a quarterback, backup quarterback. Call it what you want. And who is he? Who is he, Gordon Sully? He's a former Jacksonville Jaguar. Speak of the subject. And UCF, the pride of Central Florida, Blake Bortles, now a Packer. Give me some thoughts.
1: Uh, Blake Bortles, who was all the way out of the NFL last season, I believe, for a lot of the year, except for a couple of weeks in Denver.
0: That's right. This is a placeholder
1: thing. This is <laughs> this is to have somebody for uh, you know mini camp for upcoming training camp et cetera, and the great speculation continues about whether Aaron Rodgers will be there. Here's a good one for the audience and, and the clue, if you haven't talked about this as of yet, how many national TV primetime games do the Packers get? And does the NFL maybe give you a clue that they know he's not going to be in Green Bay if they don't give them more than, let's say, one? If the Packers are only on in primetime one time, is that a giveaway when the schedule is released tonight that they know something about Aaron Rodgers not right. being there. All
0: right, so that, yes, I had that information and talked about it last hour a little bit. I heard an interview with the uh, director of broadcasting for the NFL, and they talked about this, that they actually put a pause on draft night and the day after uh, the draft when they said all this came came up. And they said, mm, what should we do with the Packers? Well, let's let's table this for a little bit. To, you know, But they said, we have no information, so they're going to go on as scheduled as of right now and give the Packers uh, enough primetime games uh, considering that Aaron Rodgers is going to be their quarterback. Interesting. So there's your answer, and you have it right here. And I have one more thing before you, my friend. Playoff wins since 2017, Aaron Rodgers 2, Blake Bortles 2. <laughs> How's that? Who, who had that? Yeah.
1: So it's a uh, and, and and that's the last time Blake Bortles should be in the same sentence about the postseason with Aaron Rodgers. It's a
0: push. It's a push. Yeah. You'll get used to that to the sound when you come to Vegas when they tap the the green felt there. It's a push. It's a push. When you got 20 and the dealer has 20. Remember that.
1: Okay. Not really I'm sure I'm it's a I'm filing all this away. This has been educational uh, on all fronts as uh, as normal here.
0: All right, my friend.
2: Something tells me that most people had Rodgers on the puck line, though, so uh, it's (laughs) probably not a push. They probably lost
0: the bet. Good point. There (laughs) it is. All right, TJ Rees, we will let you go, my friend. Uh, Congratulations again on the anniversary. Look forward to seeing you in a little bit more than a month. Good
1: stuff. Look forward to being out there whenever you need me. Look forward to uh, seeing you in person whenever you need me. Before then, shout at me down in, in uh, Tampa
0: Bay. Food, baby. The food is going to reign supreme. The food.
1: All, all I see all over social media is all these places that you take people to eat. So you're going to have to deliver when go. we're out there yeah. after I've seen all of this. Uh, and uh, whatever you need from Tampa Bay, let me know. I'm anxious to see on the schedule reveal tonight, cold weather games. In places like New York, Washington, Philadelphia, where the Bucks are outside in the cold, because the sideline guy always has to dress warm. So we'll see what happens with that. Uh,
0: I, all right. I think uh, I'm in need of a new Florida Gators shirt. Okay? Uh, so we're, start working on that. Size XL. There you go. Gators shirt. We might even
1: have to bring you a Tebow jersey after this second A uh, we'll Tebow jersey?
0: Out. Maybe UCF uh, shirt, too. I don't mind them. You know, there you go. So uh, we'll talk about that as it gets closer. I like the way I worked that in? You like that? Happy to be your mule. Perfect. The mule. Clint Eastwood. Thank you very little. All right, my friend. We'll talk to you later. Take care. See you, boys. Always great to be with you. Enjoy your dinner. All right. Feel lucky, punk? You feel lucky, punk. Shout out to our man, Clayton Hamilton. Checking in. Yes, he knows that wrestling knowledge that Randy Macho Man Savage forget Sarasota, Florida, like T.J. Reeves said. Yeah, he lived there. But, of course, Randy Poffo, as we know. Yeah. Cardinals organization. Yeah. The and, catcher. And his brother, Leap and Lanny Poffo.
2: Downers, Grove, Villain I, believe. believe. The correctamundo.
0: There you go. All right. We come back. We'll talk a little more. VGK, and we got a very heartwarming story too. Las Vegas native baseball player. We'll talk about that on this Wednesday.
1: Hey, this is Tyson Fury, aka the Gypsy King.
3: And I'm here today ripping it
1: up with T. Brown Browns, 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 Browns
0: Browns, Brown, Bill. Browns Bill. All right, don't forget rvdcbd.com your home for all of your cannabis needs whether they are the smokables, the tinctures the cream, the oils you got pain get the rvdcbd.com and get the promo 21% off if you use the promo code tcrvd we've had testimonials from our loyal listeners who love the product have used it, it works Uh, Frank and I have used it, Numbchucks used it, Double B's used it Takes away the aches and pains. Great stuff. You got to get it. And the best part, 21% off. Already very affordable, but 21% off at anything on the website. So check it out. If you haven't yet, totally cool, totally safe, and uh, just highest quality of uh, the cannabis products as well, too. Go to rvdcbd.com, and when you get on there, 21% off. If you put in the promo code TCRVD, Uh, go get it. Check it out. I always find it amazing that you, Uh-oh. who talks
2: about and loves food more than anybody in the world, whenever you leave one of them out of that read, it's always the edibles.
0: Yeah, because I never used the edibles before. <laughs> but,
2: but you're, right. you're Mister, you know, everything in sight, net, you know, the gummies, yeah. the this, the that. But the gummies, you know, I forgot about the gummies. You know, yeah. so I mean, but right. that's you know, Mister Food Guy, the one you always leave out is the edibles. Not always. Why? Be- because they're not in a bucket yeah. with wings.
0: <laughs> Ooh, don't go there with that. We need to go have some wings. <laughs> do you love the wings as much as I do at Blue Ribbon? Or, you just toler- or do you just tolerate them? The wings are good. Okay. They're just. I good. mean, I don't think I love them as much as you do. Okay. All right. But I, I, I enjoy them, yeah. Okay. All right. Good deal. Uh, we need to do a road trip. We need to do a road trip uh, to one of our favorite barbecue spots here after the show here. So we got to plan that if you're, if you're down. Because you do like barbecue.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I have barbecue without barbecue sauce, yeah. which most people find strange. But, no, it's okay. Yeah, so I, I like okay. The, yeah, I like the dry road. La- yeah. Last
0: time we went out to eat, we went to barbecue. So yeah. there we go. All right. So, yeah, we've got to go visit uh, my good friend, uh, Big B's. I told you, you've got two locations here in town, uh, the one in Henderson and then the one over here, uh, the newer one. I say the newer one, but now it's been up there for almost two years on uh, Fort Apache. Summerland, so okay, we'll yeah. go check it out. Yeah, I you haven't been, been to that yeah. one. That's I've, why I've been been we're going to go. the other one. Yeah, we're going to go field trip. The other All one right. I went to was uh,
2: you were doing a remote down there, and I think it was also like it was kind of tied in with like a birthday party for you or something like that too,
0: or something. That's so. the last time you went to the Big Bees in Henderson. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, it was a triple thing. It was a, uh, it was, well, it was the remote. It was the Monday Night Football and the birthday. Right. Yeah. Well, the remote
2: was the Monday Night Football, so I tied that in. Correct. Thing, yeah. Yeah. So yeah. yeah. Right.
0: Exactly. So yeah, it was it was like Bill Lambier, the dual purpose, except yeah. he's only solo now. So, I like the duel. Yeah. Yeah, Big Bees. That's that's our spot. Two locations in town. Make sure you go check them out they do some good charity
2: stuff around town and that too for local type of things and that kind of stuff too so so they're another thing that's not just a place to go and grab a bite to eat or something like that they're also somebody you know a place that's you know really in with the community and all that that you know they're more than a place to go to eat they are part of the community and proud to be so
0: yes uh, if you remember when we talked about this a lot after the october one shootings where were double b uh, well that there's two double b's but but big Big B I should say big B was was there catering uh, the concert and uh, yeah it was uh it was very very tragic night uh, I believe they also did some stuff
2: for the the one police officer and, that got shot yeah
0: there where they raised all kinds of money yeah. for his family and like I said so yeah, yeah. Shout, and I'm sure there's other to things
2: too that we you know that they don't and you know you see this on the news and that and it's not like they're, they they don't do it to seek the publicity mm. But the word kind of gets out there anyhow.
0: Yeah, yeah. So shout out to my guy, Big B, and Natalia, uh, Amy, the crew over there at Big B's. Uh, just uh, uh, great people in the food. Fantastic. So get on over there and support them and check it out and have some of the best barbecue in town. Okay, my friend. Um, the story about uh, Drew Robinson. Uh, Sacramento River Cats and Drew Robinson is a Las Vegas native. Very emotional story, and um, Jeff Passan, who covers m- Major League Baseball for ESPN, did a fantastic story about Drew Robinson. If people aren't familiar with this, so go check out that story in ESPN.com. But uh, just Google Drew Robinson, and it will come up all yeah, over
2: the That and other stories, but yeah, exactly. the one on ESPN was very well done.
0: So uh, they're going to have the special. Uh, about him coming up uh, tomorrow called Alive, the Drew Robinson story. It'll be broadcast on ESPN, so you can see some excerpts uh, from that online right now. But uh, the long and and short of it is that Drew Robinson, a a Major League Baseball player, uh, played with the San Francisco Giants, and uh, he was a guy that uh, it was really hard for him to to accept being demoted Uh, Going down to to the minors, this goes back to to last year and 13 months ago, um, he tried to commit suicide, tried to take his own life with a gun. He is originally from Las Vegas and actually this took place about two miles at uh, his his home from Cashman Field. And so, as you know, you were at the series on, on Friday night.
2: Yeah, and, um, and every time he'd come up to bat, and that yeah. you could tell you, you could certainly hear his family and friends and their little congregation, but the whole crowd kind of, you know, yeah. a, a lot of people did mm. know about the story right. and that, and they were true. He he probably got the biggest mm. ovation of anybody in the game, and that includes Sky Boulder, or any of the aviator players. Right. I mean, th- there was a lot of support for him out there, which right. I thought was yeah. really cool and really good.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of uh, players out there at the major league level and the minor league level that uh, going back during spring training you know, earlier this year that they saw his story. They've seen the videos and, uh, you know, he would come up to the player if he'd get on first base, you know, first baseman said, Hey man, you're a true inspiration. You know, glad, glad you're back. Everything's okay. Your, your story meant a lot to me. I you saw your video, but uh, Drew Robinson, he's a member of the Sacramento river catch, which is the giants AAA affiliate. But again, he's a Las Vegas native, very emotional story. You can see it on ESPN tomorrow night called alive uh, the Drew Robinson story. Um, had a suicide attempt 13 months ago. He tried to kill himself with a gun, and uh, the bullet did not go through his brain, but uh, he lost his right eye. So he is trying to make a comeback with the San Francisco Giants. Um, he is now with the River Cats, Triple AAA affiliate. They had the opening series with the Aviators uh, this past week. They went from Thursday to last night, Tuesday, one of those – kind of unusual six-game series. Uh, He played in front of his family and friends, like you mentioned, Frank, and he started in right field Thursday night. Unfortunately, he went 0-4 for with four strikeouts. Uh, But last night was the last game of the series, still had friends and family in attendance. He came up for uh, his first at-bat of the night last night in the second inning, and it sounded like this. And in the top of the second, the Rivercats own a 3-1 advantage. There's a long drive to right field. Back goes Pinder, and this one's out of here. Drew Robinson at a Silverado high school, struggling without getting many hits at all early in the series. All right, that's our good friend Russ Langer, uh, the the play-by-play call there. Uh, The Las Vegas Aviators uh, Network, Drew Robinson, hits a home run last night. Very emotional.
2: Yeah, and remember, too, I mean, this is a guy like you mentioned. He lost his eye. He's trying to learn everything over. Uh, he originally came back to shortstop. That's the position that he played. The Giants wanted him to play there. He just couldn't acclimate to that position again because of the stuff he's going through. Didn't feel comfortable. Was struggling at the plate and in the field a bit. They put him in the outfield where he feels, a, you know, it's maybe not as difficult of a position. He said he still has a hard time judging balls sometimes. Should I dive for a ball? Should I not? Should I do this? Made a diving catch in the series as well. They said that's the first time that he dove for a ball and made the catch. So he's kind of reinventing and relearning the game of baseball at a new position at the second highest level of baseball that there is on the planet. So, you know, it's definitely a story a lot of people are going to be watching and, uh, you know, it would be great if somehow that things do work out for him, maybe with the call-ups in September or something like that, he makes the Giants roster. But even if he doesn't, he's already won just from everything he's done. And what a courageous uh, part from his family and his former fiancé, who's still like his best friend in, that, uh, in the story, the support system he has. you know. And it also just shows, you know, and, and we hear it with the Golden Knights a little bit with Robin Leonard in that too, mental illness is a real thing and a lot of people don't talk about it and you never know what's going on in somebody else's mind.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the pressure of trying to be a major league baseball player was just too much for him and a lot of guys go through these type of issues and challenges and you know, this game as we've talked about so many times not just us but every time we have a major league baseball player on manager whoever it is, they will tell you the same the same phrase it's a game of failures and you're going to fail if you are a fantastic hitter and you hit 300 you're going to fail seven out of ten times and yeah you you do that and you're a hall of famer in this game exactly exactly so um yeah it was he just could not cope with the failures and when he got sent down the Giants sent him down to the minor leagues um that's when he decided to take his own life he goes you know what i'm too depressed i can't do this anymore he was humiliated. He was embarrassed, which you shouldn't be. But that's easier said than done, because there are a lot of people that will, you know, put a lot of pressure on you when you're growing up. I mean, say if you're a stud in high school or even little league, and they say, "Wow, you're going to end up in the show. You're going you're to be a major leaguer someday," and there are a lot of expectations. And as you know, it is so hard to be a professional athlete, no matter what sport. And uh, you know, the pressure was just too much for him. And like you said, now today, without the eye, he struggles with judging fly balls and diving for balls, uh, striking out. I mean, think about that, how emotional it was for him to play in his hometown for the first time since he tried to take his life at Cashman Field, his home, literally two miles away, and he gets a great staying ovation, but then he gets up to the plate, and he strikes out the first time. Comes back up two innings later, strikes out again. Strikes out for a third time. Strikes out a fourth time. And you know in his mind, you know, whether if you have addictions, whether it is substances, alcohol, or, you know, whatever it is, or just trying to, to fight this back and then on this big stage, because like we've talked about before, AAA is a very big stage. You're You're auditioning to get to the major leagues that, you know, could these thoughts be resurfacing in his mind again? Well,
2: you know that they have to to some yeah. extent. I mean, yeah. okay,
0: I just struck out four times. I don't
2: want to be a charity case. And as much as we talk about team camaraderie and being there for each other and being part of that, there's also the reality that especially in Triple A and at the major league level if you're not a superstar or something like that too, these guys that you're supposed to bond with and be best friends with and go to dinner every night are also trying to take your job. Right. It's the competition. The guys that you are palting around with and rooming with in that could also be the guy that sends you down to the minor or something. And he says in there that, you know, he doesn't want to be a charity case. He doesn't want to be on the roster just because of his story. Well, you strike out four times, and all of a sudden and you're in a new position that they don't know if you can play on that too? Yeah, there's there's a lot of pressure on it. Good for him, and luckily for him kind of in a way too, the way that it worked out, If you're not going to start at home where you expect there's going to be support, what a great place to have to start by starting on the road in Vegas where your family and friends and that see you for the first time and you know that it's unconditional love. No matter what you do, you know, when that game's over, every time you strike out, they're still behind you to support. After the game, win or lose, they're going to have dinner with you. They're going to pump you up. They're going to be there for you. It's just too bad for Drew Robinson that he didn't lean on them more and know the support system and the love and that that he had before he went to that extreme yeah. measure.
0: All right, And uh, like we said, a lot of admiration from his teammates and opponents as well. So make sure you check that story out uh, on ESPN tomorrow night. Alive, the Drew Robinson story, Las Vegas native. And uh, we are working on getting Drew Robinson on the show. Uh, they're starting their season out, twelve games on the road. So they're in Oklahoma City now. They're here in Vegas for, for six days. So we got to deal with the time, you know, the two-hour time difference, that sort of thing. So trying to get him on, and uh, so he can, uh, you know, we can talk to him, and he can, talk, uh, tell his story.
2: And make no mistake about it. If you're a young baseball player coming from Vegas this day with Bryce Harper and Joey Gallo and all these other Chris people, Bryant, yeah. you know, Chris, there's a lot yeah. of pressure. Yeah. This is like the hotbed
0: yeah. of young
2: talent Excellent these days.
0: Point. You got it. All right. I want to thank Bill Lambier for joining us. TJ Reeves as well. Back at it again tomorrow. If you miss any part of the show, the interviews all up on the website. Go check out the the interviews, the blogs, Got the interview page, the party page. Everything is up there. Our interview with Larry Bull from yesterday. Great stuff. Go listen to that that's on the homepage at tcmartinshow.com and again the bill lambier interview will be up there pretty soon as well too so check it all out for ballpark frank Chuck, tc saying so long back at it again tomorrow at two golden Knights, san jose six o'clock check that out we'll talk to you tomorrow